the Lord. And if you're happy to see the last Sunday service, 2017, will you put your hands together? Let's do it a little more. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. I said, Praise the Lord. All right, so people are hearing the praise God like maybe I'm just trying to uh, test my mic. My mic is okay now. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, just like that, uh, 2017 is over. So, just like that. You know, I was, uh, I, I, I was up very early this morning. Uh, I think I've been up since about 3.30. And I was just doing some soul searching and a bit of study and all that. And I went into my journal. Just have this big journal that I use towards the end of the year. You know, and I've been using it, I think, since this church started. Yeah, over seven years now. And I was just looking through that journal. Just looking through. And, you know, the last two or three years... Usually, in December like this, I write a lot of stuff in the journal for the, you know, for the year ahead. And I saw some things I've written, you know, things I wrote five years ago, six years ago, things I wrote three years ago, what I wrote last December, what I wrote last December. And it just dawned on me that to say that God is faithful is an understatement. Yeah. It's, it's just an understatement to say that God is faithful because I see things that I thought about, I wrote about, that are now reality. And I was just so grateful to God. We thank God for all the testimonies, all the great things that God does in our lives. I like the testimonies that we shared today. I mean, the testimony of a brother who is a medical doctor and who is struggling to look for work. And I'm just, I sat down there just wondering, how can somebody go to university to read medicine and be writing testimony that he had 13,000 or 12,000 before his wedding? But that's the kind of country we live in. Uh, But when we live here, that's when you need God more. (laughs) Because if you're, I mean, if you you have a, a, a degree from a good university to practice medicine, it shouldn't be that difficult to get married. Yeah. But all I'm trying to say is that God has been good to you and God has been good to me. Can I get a better amen to that? I think I'm I'm actually not in the mood to preach as in preach. I'll teach a bit, but I'm not really in the mood to preach, teach and all that because we come to do this every time. And I think seeing the last Sunday of the year, we're still coming back in the evening for the you know, New Year's Eve service. Uh, I think it's good for this service for us to just be grateful to God. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. For us to just be grateful to God. Uh, for us to thank him for the things that happened and all the things that did not happen. <laughs> yeah. Somebody to thank God for the things that did not happen. You know, there are many things that did not happen that if they happen, we may not be the same again. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thank God that 
my house didn't get burned. <laughs> yeah. I thank God that there was no accident in 2017. Yeah. I flew locally this year more than ever before. Yeah. Uh, internationally, quite a bit. When I was going abroad, maybe I did more. But this year, I've been to so many cities in Nigeria flying. And you know, local travels are more, um, they require more prayers than the international ones, yeah. So, and I, I mean, up to Boxing Day, I still flew to Oweri on Boxing Day, yeah. So, I flew quite a bit, a lot of turbulence, but I'm still standing. <laughs> yeah. Somebody needs to thank God that you drove to work every day. That no accident happened. Because I'm talking about things that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, we thank God for things that happened. We thank God for some things that we felt, you know, there's so many things that we did not see. Some of us here are bad drivers. You speed a lot. That's what I mean. You speed. You really speed a lot. You break all speed limits. Because here, especially if you live here in Lagos, it's just once in a while that they pay attention to such things. People just speed anyhow. And yet, you didn't break any bone. You didn't, everything's still intact. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Some of us cannot claim to be perfect parents. Yeah. So, sometimes, as parents, we break all the rules. But our kids are still okay. Yeah. Some people here listening to me this morning, some, some people watching on the internet, you've left a minor for hours this year not looking at them, and yet nothing happened to them. Why don't you thank God for the things that did not happen? <laughs> because there are many things that did not happen that if they happen, it will redefine the year completely for you. Yeah. Many things that did not happen. Yeah. Many things that didn't happen. Your sister gave a testimony, was it last year, about how her daughter jumped from um, the second floor of the house from the balcony. They were just in the house, just playing away. The lady opened the door, went to the balcony, and jumped. And she landed on the floor. And she was okay. <laughs> and they were wondering. <laughs> I mean, they, they showed the testimony in church, the building itself, where she jumped from, so that we could, we could see it. Yeah. So the accident that was supposed to happen, but that did not happen. That's angelic assistance. Nothing more. Yeah. Yeah. So many things to thank God for. Yeah, so many things. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for a couple in this church. They're coming to share the testimony themselves. But I'm so grateful to God for their lives. Because personally, I trusted God with them. Been to their home to pray. I can't count the times number of times they attended, attended IVF. At this point, they got tired of it. But one thing that I noticed was that that brother, very consistent. Yeah. See him in church all the time. Very strong in our prayer department. This past Wednesday, God delivered to them a set of twins. I'm naming those children on, on Wednesday. Maybe about 15 years of waiting. Yeah, yeah. 
about 15 years of waiting. I remember, I think I was in, I was, I was in Dallas in May when the sister called me, sent me a text and said, it's my 40th birthday and I wanted to speak a blessing over me. And in my heart, I was like, I didn't even know. Maybe by then she was already pregnant. I, well, I mean, I wasn't aware. Uh, in my heart, I was like, maybe all she wanted was just for me to pray again that God would visit her. You know, sometimes your faith has been stretched. And you can't, you're, you're asking yourself, well, let's just leave it in the hand of God, that God will do what he will do. But all that story has become a testimony. These are the times that you, are, you, you, you really see and feel that God is at work. Yeah, God is at work. So if there's anyone waiting on the Lord, as we go into 2018, I'm going to be declaring it tonight as we gather together at the New Year's Eve service. Please don't miss it. God is opening wombs. It's not going to be by power, nor by might, but by spirit. Yeah. You're going to do it in such ways that you're not going to attribute it to anybody a doctor, a pastor, or anything, you will just know this is God. Yeah, yeah. You can't attribute it to anything. Just God. Just God. Just God. Psalm 103, can you open there? We're going to read that psalm together. It's an unusual service this morning. In the short time that I have, I just want to stir our hearts to be thankful. Yeah. Just stir our hearts to be thankful. We can continue to share testimonies, but somebody can still be trying to remember which testimony should I share because I don't seem to have anyone. Yeah. But you are in church this morning. Yeah. You are alive and well, and only the living can praise God or can share testimonies. And your, your being alive and well is already a testimony. Some other than three, uh, we'll read from verse one to the end. Ladies first. Is that okay? I said, is that okay? All right. So, what I mean by ladies first is that the ladies will take verse 1, then the men will take verse 2, and that's how we're going to read until we get to the end. Don't ask me who will read the most verse. It depends on... <laughs> it depends on the number of verse that we have there. But let, let's... We're going to read through this psalm. And I want you to allow this psalm to instruct you. That's what I want. I want you to allow this psalm to instruct you as we read through it. Can we go one to go? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities.
as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. For the wind passes over it, and it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. Such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandment to do them. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, hearing the voice of his word. Bless the Lord. All is what is of dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you read a psalm like this, it's supposed to instruct us on the perspective to have towards God's mercies, His power of forgiveness. His benevolence and his gracious acts. But the most instructive part of this is, you know, from verse 1 there, which says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. You know, it's so easy uh, for us to forget. As human beings, we can be very forgetful. We trivialize things and make some things look normal. Uh, Somebody is making money and you think it's normal to make money. (laughs) Somebody has a job and you think it's normal to have a job until you interact with someone who has been out of a job for quite a while. Yeah. Somebody has children who have not been to the hospital in a while and you think it's normal. You think it's because you are very hygienic <laughs> or very orderly until you meet someone who is better than you in all those areas and yet moves in and out of hospitals because of issues to deal with. So the psalmist says here, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefit. So like I said, we are prone to forgetfulness. Especially when we do not consider the events to be spectacular. One thing that you should understand that I want us to go with from this service this morning is that it's not normal for things to be normal. Yeah. When things are normal, it's enough a reason to give thanks. You know that. You wake up in the morning, go to work, come back, everything is okay. Your house is in order, everything is okay, you know. <laughs> it's not normal. It looks normal, but it's not normal. And except we remind ourselves that 
it's not normal for things to be normal, then we will not be thankful for every blessing that God gives. Let me read this to you. It's written by one of our leaders here. And I just decided, I mean, she read it to me and I just liked it. I decided to uh, bring it into my message this morning. So this morning, I was thinking of gratitude. Was reminded of how exciting it can be to receive a new gift for a few weeks. Or maybe days, depending on your attention span, you are super excited and consumed by it. As time passes, the thrill of the shining new toy fades and expectation shifts to the arrival of the next present. It's normal human behavior. Why does God want us to keep counting our blessings? Why should we stay excited about what he has done? Why can't we just get over it and move forward? Why did he ask Israel to keep a record of all he had done and to keep retelling it from generation to generation? Is God afraid of being forgotten? Or is it just the height of hubris? Is God insecure? I may not have a full answer to all these questions. But I got a shade of one. Is gifts keep on giving? They are alive. The potential for joy in the one gift it gives can last a lifetime if you keep unwrapping and enjoying the different elements of it. Once you toss the gift aside, you cap its ability to give you more pleasure. What a waste. What could have kept me Doing a jig for 20 years only serves me 20 minutes. Oh, my soul, bless God. Don't forget a single blessing. What I got from this short writing uh, from uh, Sister Chini Ogoji, our head of communication here at the Elevation Church, which she just called it for my journal, and I liked it, and I hope it blessed you, is the fact that when you accept the things happening around you, when you receive a gift from God, the gift has a potential to keep giving for a lifetime. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. When I thank God for my wife, on a daily basis, then what happens? I keep unwrapping this gift because I see a different shade of goodness. I see something new. When I make up my mind that this is a one-time gift, an old gift, you know, and um, I mean, a few days ago, we celebrated our 14th wedding anniversary. Uh, if after 14 years, I feel, you know, there's nothing more again, which is how some of us behave. Yeah. Because what you're doing you know, celebrate, cannot appreciate. A gift from God, 
has a potential to last us a lifetime. I know we, are, we always have this quest to share a new testimony, but the truth is that when God told Israel all the miracles in Egypt, the crossing of the Red Sea, create a memorial around each and every one of them. The Passover. The biological Jews still celebrate the Passover till today. What was God trying to do? Is it like it just feels that if they forget all those things, they will forget him? True, they, will, they can forget God if they forget all those things. But it's much more than that. It's that when you remember what God has done, it has the potential and the capacity to launch you into a higher level of revelation of what he's able to do. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying this morning. Yeah. What he is able to do. A lot of the time, when life's frustrations, you know, come at us heavily, we forget the things that he has done in the time past. Somebody here this morning who is under a heavy financial burden should remember the last time God bailed you out. It may not be a lot of money, but the one who bailed you out that time, when that, what seemed to be little money now, was big then, what is big to you now is still small to him. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. You know, when, when, we, when we bring God to our level, we think that the things that are big to us are big to him. Yeah. Especially if you have grown. If before now you used to deal in tens of millions and it was a struggle to get 20 million to execute a project. And now you have grown. You're now talking in hundreds of millions or maybe even billions. You struggle to remember when God came through for you with 200,000 naira. You struggle to remember right now when you had a breakthrough with a supply for a project for 2 million naira. So you, you think because you have grown, God, as you were growing, God was shrinking. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's a game that the devil plays on our mind sometimes. God doesn't grow. He's in a class all by himself. The heart is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And that's how it's going to be forever. Yeah. We are the ones who need to grow. He doesn't need to grow. And there's no size we can get to that will outgrow him. Yeah. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Is there a size based on the DNA of an ant? A size an ant can grow to that it will outgrow a human being. Based on his DNA. Am I saying the truth? Is there any size like that? It's the same thing. You are, we are in our class as humans. God is in his class. Is there a size? <laughs> now, based on our DNA, that we can grow to that then we outgrow God. That's what I'm talking about. But as, our, as we grow, as our needs increase, as things continue to happen around us, before you were catering only to yourself, now you have to cater to a family of five or a family of six, and your family has grown. The things you are thinking about are much more. A friend of mine called me from the U.S. yesterday and was saying congratulations. We hadn't spoken in a while. He said, now you are a father of a teenager. And his own son became a teenager, I think, a year ago. So I said, yes. Yeah, well, well, he said, welcome to the club. 
I said, well, I'm still looking out for the peculiarities of this stage of parenting. And he was telling me a few things. And as we were saying it, we were laughing and we were just, you know, joking about it. But the, the, the whole point I'm trying to make was that when it comes to parenting, I'm looking forward to the next phase. But when you look back at God, who gave you the children, you know that wisdom is never in short supply with him. It can be in short supply with you, but if you remember that this same God helped me to bring up these children when they were infants, when they were toddlers, you know, and all that and all that. That same God is still alive and well, and there's enough wisdom with him. If we refuse to thank him for that, we will not be able to recognize. That's where our frustrations increase. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. So the gift of God, keep on giving. The gift of God have the ability to keep you rejoicing for years to come when you stop uh, uh, remembering your cap, the ability of this gift to continue to give. Can you hear me look at your neighbor? Look around you and ask, tell your neighbor, say remember. If I tell three people, say remember. Somebody may be asking you, what? Just, just, you just tell them, remember. <laughs> they know what. <laughs> As you say it, you know what? Praise God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefit. What do you have that you are currently not counting as a blessing? There's something you have that you are currently not ca- counting as a blessing. There's so many of us here this morning with many things that we currently have, but we're not counting as a blessing. Yeah. Some people are frustrated because you are still renting an apartment. <laughs> but you have an accommodation. Yeah. It's when you celebrate God that you are not on the street that you receive the revelation of how to move into your own house. Somebody sit with me this morning. I said, are you still with me this morning? Yeah. What do you have that you are not currently counting as a blessing? It's very important. Yeah. Somebody may be trusting God all through 2017 for the fruit of the womb and it has not showed up. But you are okay. Your health intact. Everything is okay. It means that you are on your way there. And if you recognize what God is doing, then the year ahead will open up for you in a more significant manner. In the precious name of Jesus. Have a little more time, and I just want to spend maybe just the last five minutes on these two points. One is that ingratitude is the foundation for envy. Yeah, that's the foundation for envy. It's the root cause of envy. As this year wraps up and we're going to a new year, one of the things that you need to make up your mind about is that 2018 for you will be a year where you, 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 know, you will be exceedingly grateful for the things that God is doing in your life. 
Because when you choose to live like that, you are able to deal with envy. You are able to see what God is doing in your life and say thank you for it before you ask the question about what is happening in somebody else's life. When you appreciate what you have and what God has done, you won't be consumed with eyeing what others have. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Because a lot of the time, what other people have is what is keeping us away from appreciating what we have. You know, you know the people who come to church like this, and all they are looking for is somebody's husband or somebody's wife that is behaving better than their own. Yeah. A man with thinking, ah, is this, is this not a woman? See how she's dressed. See how she's walking. Then see my own wife. Say she's not tie anything. See what is tying. You complain about everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's the root of envy. Yeah. Some people get to the car park and say, see car. See my wife. <laughs> and before you know it, the devil starts to tell you, God loves all these people more than you. Here you know. yeah. It's the foundation for envy. Because you then start to think that maybe God truly loves some people more than some people. Time will not permit me, but if you study from the book of the beginning, Genesis, Cain and Abel, the moment Cain started having that feeling that God loved Abel more than him, the devil suggested to him, kill him. Just kill him. How can? How can? How can? God rejects your sacrifice and accepts Abel's sacrifice. It means that he loves Abel more than you. The only way to resolve this matter is just yank him. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason why people can be in the same church like this and be cutting each other. Yeah. Envy. Because of ingratitude. A business opportunity, you know your brother can do it. It's not your line. But you think, well, if he gets that contract now, he will now buy another car. See, already he's driving a better one. I'd rather pass it to somebody else. Yeah. Envy. The moment you refuse to celebrate God for what he has done in your life, pick up the little things and celebrate him for it, you start to see the big things that you should not necessarily see the way you're seeing right now. And then your attention is fixed on those things. And that's the only thing that determines whether you're going to celebrate God or not. And before you know it, you start to look at the other person as a special person. And before you know it, in your mind, you want to be better than them. Somebody, somebody explained, you know, I was having lunch with a wise man not too long ago. And he explained to me the difference between jealousy and envy. He said, you know, when you are jealous of someone, is that... You want to be like them. You feel that you can still be like them. Envy is different. Envy is you feel somebody has gone. Yeah, you have, there's no, you can't meet up. That's why if you see the story of Cain and Abel, if, if Cain felt he could meet up, he won't kill Abel. He just thought this person has gone. The only way is just annihilate this person. Just take the person out. When you see somebody, when you see envy or jealousy within an office, for instance, 
on the same team. You see that there will be a bit of rivalry, you know, exchange of words. If it's real envy, it's how you're going to lose your job. That's what the person will be plotting. Because two people like this cannot stay in the same place. Yeah. Because they feel that there's some special skills, a special understanding that you have, or something that they cannot match up with. And it's, you know, how to... The devil specializes in sowing seeds of wickedness when envy is in full blown. Yeah. The height of it is mother. We, we don't have to get there as Christians with the Holy Spirit in us if only we deal with ourselves and focus on God and be grateful for where we are and what he has given us per time. We won't get there. We step into that temptation because of ingratitude. Glory be to Jesus. Lastly this morning, verse 5 of Psalm 103 that we read. Can you put verse 5 up for me, please? Uh, Okay, go to verse 4. There's a particular verse I'm looking at, I'm looking for. The Bible says, maybe it's verse 7, it says it shows his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Verse 7, yeah. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. When I, anytime I read this passage of the scripture, I wonder the comparison between Moses and the children of Israel and why they mention, because we're talking about gratitude in all this. And when you dig in very well, I dare you to do so. Read Numbers 14. In Numbers 14 from verse 1, you will see how Israel messed up and how Moses distinguished himself. So Israel complained bitterly about God and about Moses. From food to water, the basic necessities of life, God provided, but yet they were not satisfied. Israel, for instance, was complaining about manna, the basic meal, the staple food that God gave them while they were in the wilderness. Yeah. Some people today, the same way you complain about rice, say rice, 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 rice. See, in this family, it's only rice, 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 rice. Yeah. Uh, rice, 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 all the time. You know, the same way some husbands complain. Yeah. Can't you cook something else? The same food, same food all the time. See, all the other women are cooking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the kind of emotions God had with Israel, like living with a cantankerous husband or wife. Because they complained about everything. Everything. In fact, in Numbers 14, what they were doing, by the time you read up to maybe verse 5 or so, they were saying that we need to get another leader. Let's pack this Moses around, uh, aside. Moses and, you know, and Joshua. Let's put them aside. Because they are not seeing what we are seeing. We will now get another leader who will lead us back to Egypt. Not to the promised land. Though. They don't want the promised land. <laughs> who will lead us back to Egypt. Yeah. That was their plan. What a great plan. Yeah. A great plan. After a people have prayed and fasted and trusted God for a deliverer for many years. Many years. God caused a child to be born, Moses. Trained him for 40 years. And then Moses went to the backside of nowhere for another 40 years. 
they endured affliction since Moses was born for 80 years before he showed up. Moses got them out, and in no time, they forgot all that God had done and decided to complain. Complaining and complaining. So the Bible says here in verse 7 of Psalm 103 that God will show his ways to Moses. And Moses there figuratively means anyone who will walk with God and enter into his calling and be grateful for where he is for time. Yeah. Moses stepped into the fullness of his calling and walked with God with humility of heart and followed God carefully. And the Bible says he was the meekest man that ever lived on the earth. One of the traits of meekness is gratitude. Yeah. That you give somebody something and say thank you. That you serve somebody and say thank you. Yeah. And we teach our children to say it all the time. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. I remember the story of one of my senior friends. A pastor. Not in this country, so you don't think wide. Yeah. He was not... He had not trained himself in gratitude. And as I said, this time was already, this was a few years ago, was already a known pastor in the country where he lived, traveling all around the world. <laughs> and then he said one day he learned his lessons from outside. He got on the plane and was in business class and they were, you know, serving him different things. And there was a particular leader that was serving him. He had not been trained to say thank you when people serve him. He said, it got to a point the lady was frustrated. So the lady came, served him his dessert. And as she was walking away, she stopped and looked at him. I said, sir, can you say thank you? <laughs> he said he was ashamed of himself and remembered that his wife had tried to bring out gratitude from him, but it was difficult. But one hair hostess on a plane confronted him and this bad habit that I've been serving you since you got in here. I gave you water. I settled you down. I did everything. Not a word. Say, sir, say thank you. <laughs> you see, this morning I have a feeling that some angels are telling some people here, say thank you. You know why I didn't say God? Because it would be bad if God is the one. <laughs> if, it's God, if God would be the one to confront you like that lady did, that would be very good. Yeah. Because people that got confronted like that in the Bible, it wasn't palatable. Let's even assume. So as you are going home today, just assume that in the service today, an angel confronted you to say thank you. All day, for the next one week, everything, be grateful. Yeah. Don't forget. God showed his ways to Moses, only his acts to the children of Israel. People who refuse to embrace gratitude will only see the wonders of God, but they may not understand how to make it happen and how it works. I would rather know the ways of God than only see his acts from time to time. Nigerian Christians, African Christians, it's time, as we go into 2018, for us to seek to know the ways of God, not just his acts. 
You know, we are very superstitious in our makeup. And we like signs and wonders. And God will always do signs and wonders. But we need to seek to know the God of the signs and wonders. Yeah. Jesus confronted the people in his days. He said, it's because of bread that you are following me. After he fed the 5,000, he wanted to cross the river to go to another side. He said, anywhere you go, we'll go. He said, it's because of bread. Yeah. Those are the signs and wonders congregation. Yeah. Who will only follow God because they've seen a sign. If you're a grateful person, God reveals his ways to you. When the ways of God are revealed to you, you become a disciple. And it's disciples that can do the acts of the master. Because Jesus sent out his disciples and he said, go, heal the sick, raise the dead, do all that. Say, freely you have received, freely give. Do you want to understand the ways of God? Live a life of gratitude more. The meek, the Bible says, it will show knowledge. The meek, it will show the ways that he ought to go. In 2018, you will not grow up in darkness. God will show you his ways. You will walk in his path. And shame will be far from you. Will you lift your two hands to Jesus this morning and appreciate him for his goodness and his mercy? Just appreciate him for his many blessings of 2017. And as we close the curtain on 2017, let him know that you are grateful. Tell him about the little things that you have forgotten that you want to say thank you for this morning. Tell him about it. Let him know that you are grateful. Let him know that you are grateful. Let him know that you are grateful. If you are a student here, thank him that you are still in school. Some people started with you. They've chased them out. Some people have lost their mind. They, 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 they now don't have the capacity to learn. But you are still in school. If you are married here, everything may not be okay with the marriage. But if you will thank God for your spouse this morning and see that person as a gift that keeps giving, that you can keep unwrapping, then all those thoughts of separation and divorce will leave your heart this morning. Because God still has a great plan for that marriage in 2018. Wave your hands to him all over this place and just bless him this morning. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. We thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the little things that you do, for the big things that you do. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. We choose to count our blessings today. We choose to count our blessings today. And we name them one by one. The blessings of provision. The blessings of protection. Of sound health. Of sound mind. Of sound character. We thank you. We thank you. For the blessings of livelihood. We thank you. For the blessings of relationships. We thank you. For the blessings of healings, we thank you. For the blessings of forgiveness of sins, we thank you. The Bible says, if God will count iniquity, who can stand? We thank you, we thank you. One more time this morning, wave your hands to him all over this place and just bless him. Lord, we thank you, we thank you. We celebrate your goodness. We celebrate your goodness. 
and we celebrate your mercy. We celebrate your goodness. We celebrate your goodness. We celebrate your goodness. We celebrate your goodness. There's anyone here this morning who got healed in 2017? I wanted to stand. Yeah. You got a healing in 2017. I wanted to stand. There's anyone here this morning who got a baby in 2017? I wanted to stand. Yeah. Anyone who got married in 2017? I wanted to stand. Anyone who started a job in 2017? You had a job in January and you see how you see have a job right now. Stand. Yeah. You had a job in January and you still have a job right now. Stand. There's anyone who got an accommodation in 2017, I want you to stand. Yeah. Whether you are renting or you own it, stand. Because you are not on the street. <laughs> but now you know where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> if you are still waiting for me to mention your blessing... It means you are still struggling with ingratitude. 